Good evening, friends. Welcome back to the Front Porch. My name is Dennis Rogers, and I'm joined by Michael Daniels. How's it going, Mike? How's your alternate Monday? Yeah, I, I do like the the alternate Monday things for uh, us not actually being on a Monday these days, right? So, yeah, uh, good. This week has been pretty good. My uh, Some people, listeners of the show, know I've been going back for my master's, so I'm taking classes, and my classes have been pretty great this semester. Um, reason I mentioned is I had it earlier today, and it and my classes actually make me feel really good this semester, not like behind or, you know, worried or whatever. Um, so yeah, my alternate Monday is pretty great when we have it on alternate Monday days. Have a nice show, good talking. How about you? Did you have a good week? Uh, wait, actually, I know the answer to this one. You've been suffering. The reason we're having it on alternate Monday, you've been kind of suffering under the weather, right? Yeah, yeah. It's the time of year where people get colds from changing temperatures and who knows. Uh combination of that and uh um doing a lot of packing boxing up of my possessions and belongings to put into storage um i think kicked up a lot of dust and i woke up sunday morning with a sore throat and some some congestion gross and so month month yeah it's you know it's it's unpleasant and also uh throws off my my voice and i'm still i woke up again still with that today it is wednesday and i'm like oh i'll be you know i don't know i always have this thing where i'm like i think this drag this out longer than <laughs> uh whatever and i'm i'm always doing you know kind of clever things like instead of taking any kind of medicine or whatever i will make hot toddies right before i go to bed and i'm like you know the whiskey and the lemon and the honey stuff will uh we'll sort wait, that wait. right out you had and... me at whiskey and honey there you go <laughs> exactly exactly and so today over lunch i went to the store and bought some store brand nyquil and dayquil and i'm like i'm done screwing around with this because i have stuff to do and, <laughs> uh, yeah yeah you're, 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 so you're taking my... taking the the medicine and making it happen this time right Exactly, exactly. Oh, well, I did my, I'm sure I've told this story on the air, but my my worst ever version of this, uh, uh, I don't know, scenario um, was a time when I lived in Bloomington in my apartment and I made a hot toddy base in my crock pot, uh, kind of like, you know, you do uh, apple cider or mulled wine oh, or yeah, something. Sure, I'm yeah. like, I'll just keep it in here and I'll just keep it going all day because I'm home all day whatever and the base that i started with was black tea and i'm okay. like you know i'll start with some like tea as a nice base and then you add lemon and honey to tea that's normal um especially if it's a pretty bland you know it's like store black tea orange pico or whatever yeah and add whiskey to it and whatever and i spent i i kid you not several days or nights i should say of poor sleep and I'm like, man, why am I not that like not only like the sore throat and the and the coughing's not going away, but now I can't sleep. <laughs> and after several days I was like, Hey genius, you're drinking black tea with caffeine in it. <laughs> yeah, right. Right before going to bed. Every night. And, <laughs> why can I not sleep? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that was uh that was a little a little fun. Uh I did say um I've I've one last anecdote about this hot toddy thing. Um I'm still at my parents. I'm staying in my camper, but you know, I'm in the backyard of the farm mm -hmm, up mm -hmm. here. And 
I decided that Sunday evening that I wanted to make hot toddy. We had whiskey and I'm like, okay, well, let me open the spice cabinet. There's honey in here. There's cinnamon sticks. There's, uh, there are lemons in the fridge and I'll make all these things. And I have a, um, a uh, Keurig machine, K-cup mm-hmm, mm-hmm. machine that I technically bought, but I'm not going to take with me. Like they can keep it and use it. I don't, I'm not going to put it in a camper. And I'm like, all the things here to make hot toddy in about, you know, 30, 40 seconds. Like I don't even have to wait for water to boil because the Keurig cup, you run it without a pot in it and uh, it puts hot water right. out right away. And I'm like, that's thing that I'm probably going to miss. It was like this in my apartment too. Like, because, you know, my parents' house at various times has from four to six or seven adults in it. There, there's just always stuff here, right? Like if I want to make guacamole, there's a pretty good chance somebody has bought avocados. And then (laughs) the next time I go to the grocery store, I just buy avocados and I'll put them there and somebody will eat them and I'll eat some of them and, Whatever, it's this weird sort of difference between uh, living as a single person versus uh, a house full of people. Right. Um, right. It's kind of funny. Yeah. You got you to, gotta, it's just don't have them, you know, you got to make your own stuff. And then you're like, oh, I don't have everything. Everybody, all the little pieces. Communal living is better. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Oh well, goodness. yeah, that's what I told Sarah. I'm like, oh, I'm going to miss having all these things readily available if I want to, if I want to make something like this. And she was like, I mean, you could just get that stuff. <laughs> like, yeah, that's that's the whole point. Like, if I don't feel well and I want to, you know, have soup, there's probably a can of soup down in the basement that I can just heat up. Like, I don't have to go to the store and buy it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh man. Well. Anyway. Hopefully, you know, yeah, you get it. Plus, here's another side of that is that you have less space to store all that stuff anyway on your, on your in your camper, so you'll have. You exactly. have to pick and choose what what little thing that you 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 know are going to store or save or buy, and uh, you're just going to be eating out a lot at real nice nice places, campfires, stuff like that. Just my my advice: just have lots of brats just, and cook them at campfires. Mm. Right there, you go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Surely you can meet neighbors and say, "Hey, can I use your uh, campfire for uh, some cook my brats?" You know, you don't even need to have hot dog buns. <laughs> I did get a chance this past was it on the weekend saturday i think to use my um i have a i don't know i i kind of want to call it a gadget but that seems like too fancy of a word it's something called a solo stove okay i don't know if you've heard of these not um they are and i don't know the whole story of the company but they are basically fire uh cans fire uh, uh, stoves and i think they were originally like for hikers or you know sort of minimalist campers though not super minimalist okay um i heard about these because my brother-in-law in in tennessee got one of their fire pit versions uh, uh models okay they have a bunch of models now and they're in different sizes and so uh my parents got one they got their biggest fire pit model so it's the biggest i think of any of the the units that they make and sell. And so since I have, my camper is not tiny, but it's relatively small. I'm like, I definitely don't need one of those. What if I get either there? So they, they have stoves, which are small. 
and they have fire pits that are larger. So I'm like, I either want the smallest fire pit or the largest stove, <laughs> sure. if, that, if that makes sense. Sure. Um, and I can link to the website if people are interested in this. They're not cheap, but uh, I've buried the lead here. They are <laughs> um, they're stainless steel fire containers that have double walls with uh, perforations, with holes, designed so that the air circulates around and projects the smoke upward when you're burning Interesting. something okay. in there. It's it's not they call them smokeless. Uh I used mine on a fairly windy night and it still uh blew a fair amount of smoke at me. Yeah. Uh so it's not it's not a perfect system. Um but it's it's much less smoke than a traditional just like a an iron ring um sort of sort of uh uh setup or or situation. I don't know what word I want to use there. Sure. Um and so I got one of those. It's their campfire model, which is their largest stove. It's about, it's probably the size of a coffee can. And when I say that, I realize that I have not seen a real coffee can in <laughs> years sure. and years. Um, so I don't know if that's a, if that's a, um, a useful uh, analogy. Right. Um, that's funny. I don't. I don't know what I can't think of a I can't think of a good alternative. So <laughs> so I'll stick with that and and you can look it up if you're interested, but um it's their largest stove. So it's got the main container, which is just like a can, double walled and um a layer on the bottom. So I think I used it on concrete, but I think if I used it on the ground, it would still I mean it would probably like you know cook the the grass underneath if i set it on grass <laughs> um but the fire doesn't sit on the ground like there's a layer of air and then the the bottom of the of the in, inside of the container holds the ashes and embers and then there's a grate that the actual fire sits on it's all set up so that air can flow um well and then it has a piece that goes on the top um that you can put like a pan on and I have a set of two um like a kind of a kind of pot and a kind of pan that fit uh around it yeah if that makes sense sure. I'm gesturing with my hands like <laughs> you see right it. and so the whole thing the whole thing fits together anyway I put some scraps of wood and some old uh papers that I don't need anymore and, and burned those and, and got to try it out and it's a cool little and it worked okay uh, uh device yeah the closest thing to actual camping i've done with my my camper so far i didn't cook anything on it but i sat out there and had a little fire had a little nice nice time up out there by yourself now now just imagine your view would be the rocky mountains or you know the, the right, grand canyon right. stuff the badlands that's that's what you gotta gotta do i I do have the way that I'm parked, uh, or I have the camper set up. I can open my window next to the little desk set up here and see out across the field to like trees and stuff. Mm -hmm. It's slightly more picturesque than um, uh, your neighbor's backyard. Nothing <laughs> right, right, but, yeah, uh, sure. Their privacy fence and their and their pool. <laughs> right. Oh my goodness. The um. Uh, 
y- y- you're going to remind me of, did you ever watch that, that movie, uh, 2012? It was like a disaster movie. Oh yeah. That, that propaganda, um, disaster movie. What was it? I didn't know if it was propaganda, but yeah, it was definitely, uh, not great. You know? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Just real, it's, it's environmentalist, like heavy handed, uh, Oh yeah. For, for sure. For propaganda, sure. but the ozone layer makes these super hurricanes and yeah. And all that kind of stuff. And there's like, there's like a homeless guy walking through the like gridlocked traffic, like muttering about ozone, uh, fossil fuel. I, 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 I think you pretty much described every disaster movie ever just there. Like it's, it's, it's true a little bit, a little bit, but it's one I watched, um, I watched that movie with riff tracks, which is the modern mystery science theater. Mm-hmm. Um, and a couple of my siblings and at that scene there's like you know just as i described this homeless guy's walking through the cars and he's like man you suckers with your fossil fuels and depleting <laughs> the ozone layer and one of the one of the rift tracks guys goes subtle <laughs> nice nice and so we'll we'll deploy that now when we're watching various shows and movies and there's some particularly heavy-handed like <laughs> exposition or or moralizing we're like oh subtle Settle, Sorry. Settle. Anyway, <laughs> well, no. I was, uh, this one in particular, there was um, uh, the the main character and his family somehow get into um, the oh, what's the, the library? Big, no, no, <laughs> no. That's the another movie. No, no. That that one you're thinking of day, is day after tomorrow. That's that one. You're I am. You're Hurricanes. right. Yes. That's I I I buried my whole twenty. Right. What is it? Twenty twenty twelve. Yeah, that's the one where the Mayan calendar is a different ends. movie. I'm, yeah, I'm talking about Day After Tomorrow. You're right. Yeah, it, 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 seriously, dude, they're like all the same, right? Like, so they're right. getting one of those mixed up is is not a big thing. No, this day, uh, Day After Tomorrow was fine. Yes, I I know that one was super heavy handed, and and also really dumb. Like halfway through the, the the show, everyone just throws their hands up and says, "Well, we're doomed." And then the the rest of the show is basically like, "How do you serve?" Uh, what uh, Dennis Quaid has to go get his son for some reason walks through the Arctic of Tennessee to get his son in New York city. It makes no sense whatsoever. Anyway. anyway right. And we, then the, we, yeah. And then the end of day after tomorrow, um, the only livable like places on the planet are down closer to the equator. So all of these Americans have to immigrate into Mexico. Mexico. Right. Yeah. There. So it's a it's another like they tack on one last bit of <laughs> bit of moralizing at the end. Yeah, that that you're right. That one really really does do a lot of that. Um, I'm not sure that I saw 2012. I sure. probably did, but John Cusack I is I think the main guy in that one. Okay, he, he hadn't okay. done movies in so long, and then this is one he did, and like okay, whatever. All right, well, I gave her my heart, and she gave me a pen. All right, I, I, oh man, that's, that's even further back, man. Uh, so, okay. So we really like got off track here that my, my kind of roundabout point with there was that in that movie, they go to Yellowstone and that's the site of, uh, like a super volcano is, is going to blow up there someday and it will destroy the world. I mean, not joking. Yeah. Old faithful is part of this like super volcano. Yeah. And and that's not science fiction. Go look it up. It's a real thing. Um, right. It's like the size of a state. So when a volcano, the size of the state explodes, yeah, we're pretty much not going to be here. Um, but anyway, this one took that and kind of ran with it like, oh, this is going to explode, right? Um, and 
in it is um, Woody Harrelson plays a crazy conspiracy theorist guy who, wait, wait for it, lives in his a camper and he's out there. Uh, it's about the size of your camper and he's sitting out there going from place to driving place to place looking at the vistas, but he's also like putting his satellite up on the top of his thing so he can talk to his internet crowd and his podcasts. And I'm like, that's Dennis. That's going to be Dennis in like 20 years. <laughs> he, he's going to, you know, the super volcano, he's going to be there when the super volcano is going to have all of his podcasts going, you know, you can tell the world about it. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, that, that's that, nice. That was I, really what I thought you were going to say, I thought you were going to say Randy Quaid from Independence Day. You know, kind of, aren't isn't there always a quack? There's always some quack in these shows right, that, right. that has that. Who knows, right? Right. He's not, although in Independence Day, he wasn't that. He was the crazy pilot who had been abducted. The, <laughs> the genius, the genius quack who had all the answers was, uh, was uh, Goldblum, Jeff Goldblum. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right, he... he right it's eccentric guy which you know we watched that not too long ago and uh i i, I was trying to i know it's like what that was in the 90s or something when that, that movie came out and and i was trying yeah. to think like this is going to be so dated because it uses computer references and any kind of references in the computer he's supposed to be some smart telemark or telemark uh, telecom guy and surprisingly they didn't they didn't get too techy with it like they, they, he just like no. he was paying attention to the signal, and then they would never show what he's doing on his computer. He'd just get there and he'd start kind of working on you know on the the countdown that he didn't know right, and then he'd show just a number. Unlike the Matrix, when you watch the Matrix, it's like these people are trying to c- typing on a screen. It's just a bunch of falling numbers, right? Like no, it makes right, no right. sense. But on this, it's I, it's machine language, right? And somehow humans can can see it, but wh- whatever. Um, but in this one, I was looking for like terrible computer syntax or something. No, th- that one was actually okay. He, they don't, uh, there's nothing that computer wise that necessarily dates it besides, you know, up- uploading a virus to the, the I mean, they, they never explain what Jeff Goldblum's job is, but he somehow programs a virus that can, uh, disable the shields of the aliens. Yeah, it's, I uh, mean, ships. Th- that that's what I think is was was pretty good about that. Not that we're going back on the show again, but like they're very intentionally vague about what his expertise is, right? It's like it, that's that's kind of where I'm getting at here. They they were it was really smart of Roland Emmerich when he's writing this thing to, to say like, let's not say he's got a specific job or that he does a specific thing because people will just tear us apart for that. Let's just. Say he sits at a behind a computer desk, and he's important at a telecom place. That's it, right? So it's funny. Um, this is sort of connected to that, but on uh, the podcast Film Sack that I listen to, sometimes I've been you know packing up stuff, so I'm catching up on podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, they sacked uh, the second Matrix movie, Matrix. Reloaded, yeah, so say. bad. It's the one where they had the orgy. <laughs> they have the orgy in the cave, yeah. and the guys couldn't remember like which things. They're like, this thing happened in the third movie, right? And this didn't happen in the second movie, and it was all mixed up because the second and third movies are basically uh, one long story, right? But um, there's a scene where Trinity hacks into something. Some I forget all the details, <laughs> right. but 
the the hack and the exploit that she uses is a real thing. Oh, really? That was actually um, happening at the time. There was some like exploit in the the most commonly used SSH protocols, which I know you know what I mean. Yeah, but, right. Um, whatever. And oddly enough, I don't know what all of the hosts of this podcast do, but I know a couple of them are you know IT guys, and they're like, oh yeah, I remember that. That was a in like you know 2001 or two when right. that movie was made yeah they, they it's kind of the opposite of the jeff goldblum thing you were just describing. yeah they were because they decided not to have an expert on thing whereas the matrix kind of probably had an expert on on board yeah right yeah which is which is you know that's, that's smart they it's smart that, that, that to actually get somebody on board that knows something the question is like if you hire somebody and then the scriptwriters actually listen to them right Right, you know, right. You, you can get somebody. Well, and you and way. you do it subtly. So, like, if people who know are watching, who understand that stuff, they're like, "Oh, that's real," you you know, and you really see it. Not like hackers, where they're like hackers. I was gonna say, yeah, right. Marketing the marketing terms for the technology and the computers, and you're like, "Oh, PCI bus." Like, yeah, that was the new thing last year. <laughs> right. It's not. It's not impressive now. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's. Some people love those things for that. I, I tried watching The Net. Ever see The Net with Sandra Bullock? Not too long. Oh ago. yeah, yeah, with Sandra Bullock. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I I tried that not too long ago, and um, yeah, it's not great. I mean, mm. it, it's not great. Well, I mean, the very I, the very premise that that Sandra Bullock is stuck in her house because she can't find a boyfriend and can't find. I mean, not that she needs to, but back the entire like first part of the movie, she makes the point that she can't find a boyfriend. That's got to be like only because she can't have a normal life. Does she live this nerdy life? Right. Mm. And, and and I'm like, okay, if that's your, if that's your, if that's your premise here, you're trying to tell me that Sandra Bullock can't get a boyfriend. And that's why she's decided to li- it, live alone. If, if she like, wanted to right? like, if she doesn't, if she wants to be a, a, you know, the character wants to be alone, that's fine. But like, she, if she wanted a boyfriend, she could get a boyfriend. I don't understand. Right, but that's yeah, that's not that's I not the, where the story was telling. There, she was like, you know, right. Nobody really likes me, so I just stay with my computer so I don't get turned down. I'm like, oh my god, that's funny. <laughs> You're that's Sandra funny. Bullock here. You're, I like, yeah, I like to watch movies like that for the tropes. Right. Like, um, let's see, um unrealistic like interfaces right? yeah so, like, right yeah. they show the computer screen everything's huge and like really colorful um the monitor like a computer monitor uh-huh. projects all its details onto people's faces oh yeah yeah right 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 i know you've seen that one yeah. uh i think the net has one of those where the character is in a chat room but the the app that she's using for chat like talks okay right so the 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 people in the chat room have audible voices and i don't think they're it's not it's not voice chat i mean we didn't even really have uh internet voice chat at the time that movie was made um it's like it's like text to speech so right. whatever people are saying in text like the computer is reading in the in the robotic like um uh stephen hawking voice <laughs> it's so bad yeah and I, you're I, like I, who's no, nobody is nobody is using a chat room like that who isn't, uh, uh, you know, a vision impaired. It's just, I mean, there's, there's I know but that it's, it's I know that the it's benefit of the audience, right? I know it's movie making, to, and, and I get that's the, the point. Conversation without having to read it, yeah, 
it's just yeah. it's just so absurd sometimes you know and and, and right. especially nowadays like people use the computers now right it doesn't have to be before it was like oh just just the nerdy people just the computer scientist people are the only ones that are going to note notice that you know computers don't project the words onto your face um you know or right. you know or yeah or but you i mean can't go to that the movie prompter. what's that movie like like 94 or something i want to say yeah the the yeah the net or whatever that show yeah it's it's not good i don't think i mean Oh, 95. I was only off by a year. Like, people people in 95, most people didn't even know what the internet was. Right. Right? It was brand new. We were, we were still saying stuff like information superhighway. <laughs> yeah, true, true. I mean, it's, it is an information superhighway, Dennis. It's, it's, uh, it's true. It's true. They're, they're not wrong. <laughs> well. No, it can't, it can't be a highway because it's not trucks. The information isn't on trucks. It's a series of tubes. That's, that's, that's right. Another, information. That's another data Maybe it's the, you know what? Maybe the internet is information sewer system. That actually is much more mm. apt, right? It's true. It's, it's very true. Okay, moving along. I uh, we have um, we didn't do a whole lot of stuff this week. I know we both of us have been either been busy and not being able to do fun things, but uh, we've got a couple things that we did. Um, I got to play a game that I got at Gen Con um, with our Tuesday group um, that may be an ongoing game. It's called Thunderstone Quest. Um, th- the Thunder, it, it's a big game. Uh, I, I mean, I guess the game itself is not big, but it comes in a really big box. Like it weighs something like 20 pounds or something, right? That's an AEG game. It is an AEG game. It's, it's one that our, our, our buddy... I think it's at... I think we played that in 2019 at Gen Con, like at an event. P- perhaps, perhaps. I, I know that I okay. played it at a Gen Con before. That's where I first had, had, had done it and seen it. Um, but it was one of those things that uh, there's a couple games where you play them and you're like, oh, that was a good introductory thing. Now, if I could play it again, I would know like, oh, how do I explain this in some games? Uh Arcadia Quest is another one of these games where you get, when you play through the game the first time, you get basic gear, basic stuff. Like you're a level one warrior with a wooden sword and a shield, let's just say, right? Sure, and then when you, sure. you play through the thing, you're like, yay, I won. And I got, and I got, um, and now that we've beaten it, we have unlocked the metal sword and the helmet. But you can't play that until you play with the next game, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, I, I got it. That was fun. I, I had a good time playing with my wooden sword and my wooden shield. And uh, now I would love to play more, but it's like more games, etc. Right. That that has nothing to do with this actual game, but that's an example of, you know, kind of how it was. I, I, you, you play through, you see the mechanics, you see it's neat. And then you want to do more because whatever comes next is what's going to be even better. So that's what we did. Um, okay. It, the game itself is, uh, at its heart, a th- first off, Thunderstone is a, not a new game. Thunderstone's an old game, uh, or old as far as the genre of deck builders go. It was out near the er- okay. early times of deck builders. Um, and it, at its core, it's a... I thought it sounded familiar. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then later on, they had another thing called Thunderstone Advanced, where they changed, they added rules to it and made it like an actual game instead of just a Dominion clone. Um, and they made, they've got this dungeon side to it. Um, but it does have a lot of things. You've played Dominion, right? Um, 
Yeah. It sounds very iffy. You know, I don't I don't I don't know that I have, but I owned it for a minute <laughs> and then sold it in the auction. Okay, so um, I'll I'll describe I've, this first. But I've yeah. played trains, I've played Tantacore. Like yeah. you're talking about a market style deck building game. That's yes. I, I like that you word use that that's, word. That's and, how and I think for those who, who don't know, a deck builder is where as opposed to correct like ascension or, or legendary have of changing markets. Yes. Yes. So uh deck builders for those new to this term is um a game where everyone has a the same start starting hand that's just basic uh, monies, what we call like something you could purchase things with. You play your entire hand, collect whatever it says on the cards. There's a central marketplace full of other cards that you buy with that money that you generated, and then take that card and put it into your deck, reshuffle, and then start again. So you're always buying new cards for your deck to make mm-hmm. your yep. deck. You're building your deck. Um, a lot of there's two major kind of things in this genre. One is that uh, what we call the ascension style, where there is a, a a side stack of all the cards in the game, and then there's like five or six in the middle that are turned face up that you buy from. And that's called the marketplace. Every time you buy a new one, just one from the the stack of, of cards gets flipped over and put replaced it in the in the middle. So you have like random of all the cards that could come up would come up. Um, this one you described, what'd you call it? A, a standalone or static marketplace, which I can recall that, um, standalone market. Um, it's where, yeah, static or fixed market, a fixed market. It's where there is no pile of all of the cards. They are like 10 of a specific kind of card. Let's say 10 iron swords and they're a stack in the middle and 10 wooden shields and they're a stack in the middle and 10 wizards cards and they're in the middle so you know exactly what is out there there's no randomness to that draw you get 10 monies with your cards you generate and you know what you can buy that's this this has its static items that you buy from all the time right okay um so it's the the board is set up such that there are you're in a village it's called the village and um there is a marketplace and that's where all of the items like swords magic spells and um weapons are are you buy those there so you move your little token there and on your turn you can take one village action and you get a marketplace thing you can buy a card or you can go buy a hero which is like you go to the guild hall and there's hero cards that are just cards you add to your deck or you can go to the bazaar and buy like health potions they'll give you like because you have life in this game um, or go to the arcane magic store and buy a super powerful card in the card deck, but it's very expensive. So you do like a town, like you're playing, it's very thematic. You're like going to town, right? To arm yourself and equip yourself. Um, a, a really cool mechanic with this game is that everybody's starting deck, um, that, you know, basically stabby and punchy or, and buy, you know, monies. Um, mm-hmm. Your stabbies are adventures. They're like no-name level zero adventures. And then when you go and you uh, level them up, you take the card out of your deck and put the re- the upgraded hero in your deck. Now you have a level one fighter in your deck or cleric or wizard okay. or whatever it is. Okay. So you're you're kind of getting rid of your your crappy cards, right? You know that you have at the beginning and leveling those cards mm-hmm. up. So. And again, it's all known, so you know that like I want to play wizards this time, and I'll put my wizards in there and um, and start buying wizards. And then you can go to the marketplace, and you know that they have fireballs or magic missiles or whatever it is, and buy those. So 
you get to make your deck how you want it to make it. It's pretty great that way. I really, really love that. Um, and that's your standard deck builder. The other side, what this does is there, there's a dungeon component. There's another sideboard where there are three levels of a dungeon and there are six monsters in it. Two at level one, two at level two, two at level three. Um, and okay. you can either go to the mark to the village or you can go to the dungeon. And when you go to the dungeon, then your cards, you use the stabby part of your cards, which is like the attack side of the cards. Sure, sure. And then you go to the dungeon and fight through the dungeons, just like uh, using your attack cards. If you think of it in legendary terms, um, you and when you, it's just like legendary. It's where you have like a buy at the bottom and an attack in the middle. Um, except mm-hmm. in in legendary, they're always moving and changing. These you know what the monsters right. are, and they get they start okay. the top level are are always easier than the middle level that's harder, and the bottom level is the hardest. Um, so you go, you go there, you fight in there, and what you get in there is not money or anything. You get experience points tokens, like little tokens that one experience point. If you kill a goblin, you get one. You kill a hobgoblin, you get like three. It says it on the card. You know how much experience points you get. Harder guys you fight, the more experience points you get. Those are victory points to the end of the game. Or what you spend when you go into town to make your level one hero a level two hero card. Uh, so that's kind of like an alternate money. Uh, at the ultimate end of the game is that in the dungeons, in these monster decks are six keys. When you find all six keys, it unlocks the, the guardian of the, the sewers and you have to, and everybody gets one big chance to fight the, the guardian and get some extra victory points off of it. Um, and then points are all added up at the end of the game, you know? Yeah. 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 That was a lot, Okay, but it's pretty straightforward. Like I said, if you know, deck builders, if you know, static deck builders, you know, 60% of the game. And then the dungeon so is pretty you, much So when you upgrade your starter cards mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you play again, mm-hmm. you you have a new... Uh, how do I want to say this? Um, how did we... I'm trying to remember the Pathfinder card game, but it's been so sure, long ago. Sure. So it's a sort of campaign deck builder. So you have a fixed set of starting cards now and you upgrade those you upgrade those from session to session but in each game gameplay session you upgrade your deck or you build your deck the way you do in a normal uh, deck builder. N- n- no right? n- no so so something i gotta be clear here is that it's not a legacy game it's a campaign game and i know that's it, those are two new terms that a lot of people are trying to figure out what that means legacy games mean that you uh things persist from one to the next, right? That you, that you have right. sometimes a sticker that goes on the board or your cards stay mm-hmm. the same or your character has changed from the last game to this game and now you have new benefits. That's a, a legacy game. A campaign game is where you have um, Ticket to Ride. You play Ticket to Ride and in this one, there is no Dallas and there is no Indianapolis because those have been destroyed because of the story. And then the next time session you play, Indianapolis is available, but New York is gone. And so because of the story or whatever. So you still start drawing games. You don't have anything different. You yourself have no changes from, you're still starting with your still static set of starter cards every time. Does that make sense? Okay, but didn't you say there was a way to upgrade those? That's just during the game. Like just during the normal game, 
Oh, oh, I see. I see. So, okay. And they're yeah. different cards. Like, you, you pull all of your wood swords out of your deck and replace them. No, 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 of... no, 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 no. Uh, you're 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 definitely on the right track here. You, you've got it. You've got the right thing. You've got the right there. All, all you basically there's a few other cards, but you basically start off with six generic adventurer cards. They have like one stabby on them each. That's it. And if you think of okay, thinking of this term of legendary, it's pretty good. Um, you start off with one stabby guy, right? And then mm-hmm. when you go to town and you take a, a, a town action. If you have like two experience points from taking your little newbie adventures and fighting a rat in the dungeon and got two experience points mm-hmm. token, you go into town and you go to the guild hall and you take one of your cards. It's in your hand. It's a level zero character. You take it out of your hand and you discard it, like destroy it, put it back in the box, whatever, you know, destroy it, put it back mm-hmm, in the box. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you now turn that guy and you grab in the middle of the, the guild hall, a level one fighter card. And you put that into your, he has become now from a level zero Trained to be a level one fighter. Does that make sense? You've replaced okay, a, yeah. a one stabby with a two stabby and a money generator or something. Just a basic sort of upgrade. And I think I think there's a mechanic in Legendary that works similar. Like you take an Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. out and you put in a Maria Hill or something like that. But Sure. Yeah, yeah, um, sure. And, and, this, and this continues on that way. Like um, you're now that... If you go back later on and you've got, say, four experience points, you can take, and you happen to have that level one fighter in your thing, you can take the level one fighter out of your deck and put a level two fighter into your deck. It goes all the way up to level okay, three. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. And, and each time those fighters so get more and more specialized. Like, you know, they, fighters will do a lot of damage or can use a lot of weapons, whereas um, mm-hmm. rogues give you money when you're in town as well as some stabby. Wizards get bonuses if you buy spells instead of buying hammers. You know, stuff like that. So then is there, is there no, um, like individual progression? No, there is no individual progression. That, that's, I said, that's legacy. That This is campaign. So, so how, how does the next question goes is what makes this campaign? What's different? Okay. So the next session. Yeah. We, I mean, the way sure. I, I know that we've, we've talked about this several times, but like, yeah. I think of, uh, and let me just two examples off the top of my head. Uh, Pandemic mm-hmm. is a legacy game. Gloomhaven is a campaign game. Correct. Yes. So the the difference, there are a lot of nuanced difference, differences, but I think for me, a legacy game, the whole game changes sure. as you go. You sure. add new pieces or you take parts of the map away, mm-hmm. where a campaign game, maybe you specifically or your character changes and gloomhaven has a lot of weird sort of things where like you know you get your character to a certain point and then you have to retire them so you can unlock a new character class which is a little bit of a bummer but that's whatever that's the whole i I would say that the the gloomhaven is a legacy game still because you yourself are the legacy like you're you're changing and that thing that you have and start with is being modified with stickers and modifiers and such every time from session to session. Whereas a campaign okay. does not, the, the game itself may change, but what you start with is still the same game. Uh, Clank legacy. We're playing Clank legacy now. And for the most part, Clank legacy is a campaign game and not a legacy because we still start with our starter cards every time, but the board itself okay. may change. Is that am I making a little sense? I think so. I don't, I don't know that. So so how here I'll, I'll explain so, it. So now yeah, now so that what, we know this what one. makes it a campaign. If... Yeah yeah. 
if nothing changes from it, so it does so uh, what, what we did is we played through and it was like the goblins are the the story goes you know that we're looking for uh um in this very first adventure we're looking for something in the dungeon like a macguffin whatever it might be can't remember what, mm-hmm. exactly what it was mm-hmm. uh this sure. guide and it and there happens to be it says it in setup to shuffle in the scroll in the dungeon deck right um so so far in this quest, it doesn't look like it doesn't seem as if our consequences, our actions in the game is going to affect the next adventure. I could be wrong later on, but this is one single one. We found the scroll. It didn't do anything to like put stickers on the board or anything. Um, so it didn't seem like our legacy, but that's what the adventure said to do. Right. And then we still played the normal game. There was a victor. Whoever had the most victory points still won. Right now, next week when we play or two weeks, whatever it will be, um, the adventure says that the goblins were defeated. But the wolves have begun to attack the town, right? Because now there's a vacuum in power. And the heroes mm-hmm. that were here before, which was the storm dwarf fighter and the, the mysterious rogue, uh, have gone off and been lost to wherever. They went out looking for the go- hunting the goblins, and now you have to recruit new heroes. So what this does is it tells us to open up a new sealed pack in the box that introduces two new heroes there's no longer a fighter available to buy, but now you have a wizard thief that has joined our party and a, um, a psionicist. And those t- new stacks of cards are available in the guild hall that's different than was the first game. And the fighter and the cleric are no longer available. And in the dungeon, you're no longer fighting goblins and the goblin king. You open up a new pack that is sealed that says adventure number two, and it has wolves and the wolf tribe and the werewolves. Does that kind of make sense? Okay. It sounds a little bit like um, like Eon's End. Sure, sure. I mean, obviously more complicated than that, but that was our... Yeah, sure. I don't even remember how the market... I think... I don't... Did Eon's End have a fixed market? It, I think uh, it I did. Don't, I know that Eon's End ha- did have stickers that you changed your character from session to session. But there, there were some cards that we changed, and there were Correct. some like, like we had to decide, either at the end of the previous session or the beginning of the next session, like how we were going to set up our market. Yes, I think you're right. right. And yeah. say like, oh, this is really good, but to keep that, it's kind of like the Gloomhaven Correct. thing where you can yes. only have so many cards, except Correct. for everybody. Like we had to decide what the market was going to look like for everybody. That, that, that's right. I had forgotten about that game, and that, that's right. That does something similar like that for sure um and then we went from adventure to adventure on that game Mm -hmm. and and by the story that you would read to us out of the book that's what kind of how what what we were fighting a different monster right we weren't fighting the same monster yeah so that's that's very similar to this like next week when we play we won't be fighting the goblins in the dungeon anymore we'll be open cracking open a new pack that's sealed that we don't know what they are. And we also don't know what these new heroes will be. And also because we discovered the secret scroll, there's going to be new magic spells that are going to be in the marketplace to buy. Kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's did neat. You say, there's a whole lot of stuff. Did you say a scroll? Is this a Marvel game? Scroll. Yes. Yes. I should have, I should have actually started uh, describing it in legendary. Cause now that I think about it, it does have similarities with legendary and the fact that there's, an attack portion and a market portion. So that's something to, it's similarities. Wow. That was a long talk topic, but 
it's it's fun. <laughs> it's fun. It was pretty pretty good. Uh, I like the fixed market. I really like the fixed market. I like deck builder that I don't have to worry about random things on my turn. Did a random thing come up and I don't have any control over that stuff here. I know it's going to yeah, happen. I mean, you know, I mean, I was describing that um, last week when we talked about uh, playing games from turn to turn, and mm-hmm. Ascension is my classic example of that. Although Legendary has the same problem. Yeah, um, for sure. The market is so dynamic that there's there's not really any point to me paying attention to what's happening when it's not my turn Fully because agree. the board is going to be so different by the time it comes back. Fully around. agree. Fully agree. And and I think that's a failing of most deck builders. Um, on fixed market ones, it's not that way at all. You know what's there. You know what's happening. The and you know the. The only thing that, that changed in this specific game is that like maybe somebody like you want to go fight that one goblin that you see in the dungeon and Pat killed it before you did. Right. And then now you have to rethink, can I go fight the mm-hmm, new thing that mm-hmm. came up or something different? Um, but for the most part, you can pretty, pretty much plan your turns ahead of time by the cards you have in your hand, unless you've got things like car- draw a card, draw a card or something like that. But yeah, it, it, made, it made planning turns pretty good. Everybody did pretty good. Justin and I it ended up with, I, I did win that one. I think it was because I had a little bit more experience. Um, Pat had a, a couple of really bad roll uh, pulls on his, on his deck. Um, but it was a, a close game at the end and uh, yeah, we, we won. So that's, that's good. Um, it, it had a, it, I know I, uh, I watched you guys playing it because we were, we were on discord and Trotsky had his, had his camera on while you guys were yeah, playing. Yeah, you guys were playing like all and sorts of crazy games. We saw you playing Flux at one point and Can't Stop. Yeah, and- Aaron, Aaron and Chris and I got on. Well, and I think Fox was on earlier, but by no. the time I got on, Fox had Fox and Jill had logged off. Mm-hmm. And so we did this sort of thing where like um, we were just sort of like, eh, play it quick. Um, Aaron and Chris were playing Seven Wonders Duel. Oh yeah, which I've played with our with our buddy Fox a couple times. It's a two player. V- I think Fox version. and Jill really like that game. Yeah, yeah, it's a two player version of Seven Wonders, so it's mm-hmm. thematically similar, and there are a handful of similar mechanics. But then there are other things that are very different. Like the military track is this tug of war thing where you, when you play military cards, it moves a little guy that many spaces toward the other person, and if you can get it all the way to the back of their side, like um, like football or something, the, the game's over and they lose. Uh, but, you know, nobody is going to... You only have one opponent, so they're not going to not notice you doing that, and so they're going to buy military cards to push it back toward the center. Right. Um, it's pretty cool. But I sort of watched them wrap that up, and then we played a handful of mostly greatest hits, right? Like we did... Martian dice. We did can't stop. We did what else? Um, something with cards. We did ink and gold. Um, and then we had this funny <laughs> sort of thing where we're like, uh, well, Chris is going to bed, and we're like, uh, we'll hang out for a little bit. But oh, Fox said he's he might log on in about ten <laughs> minutes, and we're like, oh, is, is Fox really gonna uh, a thing? And then. Just as we were like almost moments away from being like, well, I think I'm going to log off. It's like, you know, 10, 1030. And like I said, I've been not feeling well. So I'm like, I could go to bed early. And then Fox logs on. And we're like, okay, well, we've got three players again. So let's do another can't stop. And then 
and then we were winding down to that and and you guys finished your game and you know most of you went home trotsky was gone for a while and so we finished um merchandise or whatever we were playing or uh artichokes abandoned all artichokes and then trotsky is like you guys don't want to don't want to do one more game uh i'll i'll hop in for one more game because no, because he was and done with did. he was done with uh the other game right then he got on yeah yeah and then and then we just started a game and we're in our first thing and then zon showed up out of nowhere it's like <laughs> you know 11 o'clock and we're like hey zon you want in on this we played llama right yeah and the problem i mean there are a handful of problems with any game like this yeah. but llama's weird conceit is if you go out you can put some of your points back in the back in the pot right and so it was very close to being over and then aaron went out and went from like 36 points down to 26 points and now it's anybody's game again and so that llama game went for like i don't know it felt like it felt like an hour and a half oh my goodness really that long but uh it kept going back and forth we're like oh it's almost and i'm like are we are we done can i play my can I play my six and 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 be done? Because has somebody won? Can we go to bed now? <laughs> uh, but but that, that had to been pretty late because I think we left at around eleven. So you guys were playing. Pretty, pretty it late. wasn't you know like the old days when and, and I say old days. It's just like a couple months ago where like you and Trotsky get going on something and I join in and the three of us are on Discord until yeah. two two thirty right. in the morning. Yeah, yeah. Um, this was you know I was in bed by. 12 or maybe quarter after 12 but um sleeping out in the camper i get more sunlight in the morning and so i don't sleep i don't sleep in as late as i oh used right to. Yeah, of course right and yeah. so i so i get tired earlier than uh than i used to as well I, so it, it is a a magic about sleeping in a very sunlit area like i mean mm-hmm. that, that makes stu like quoting the obvious here but like when you wake up in a tent i wake up early and i just I feel like I've slept fine, but if I'm sleeping in a bed in a dark room, I could sleep till three and not even bad enough. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure psychologists or physicians are out there are like, duh, idiot. You know, <laughs> we've been telling you this stuff for years and you still go to bed in a dark room, dark stuff. But uh. yeah, I mean, my, my room in the house is in the basement. So even the, like there's one small window, it was not going to give me enough sunlight. And then the way it's situated, I had it blocked with curtains and cardboard because it would shine sunlight right in my eyes where my desk was. Right. And so it was basically completely dark. There was no natural light in that room. And I didn't, I couldn't get to a point where I reliably woke up at the time I wanted to get up for work until I set up um, smart lights with timers to like bring all of the lights in the room slowly up to normal brightness. <laughs> okay. In the like in the like half an hour, like it's it, this it's this whole dumb technology stack to basically simulate sunrise. Um, <laughs> sure. Like sure. some kind of you know dystopian film. Did, did did it work for you? I I always thought that something like that would like I would just keep sleeping and not not think about it. No, I mean. I mean, it it made all the difference. Like before that, my alarm would go off and I'm like, oh, I set this alarm like 45 minutes before I need to start work. I can I can sleep for another 20 minutes. I'll be fine. And then once I changed that whole setup so that 
my Echo device would start playing news at the right time, even before that happened. Like, I always had that a little bit late where I'm like, okay, I'm awake, but now I want to wait for the news thing to come on Mm -hmm. so that it's not playing while I'm not in the room. Um, But when, when I got to the point where my alarm would go off and when I opened my eyes, the room was lit instead of dark, then I could get up. It, it didn't, uh, it was harder for me to go back to sleep in that, uh, or, or easier for me to wake up, whichever way you want to say that. Yeah. I, I have, it's, I always think, I know everybody's different. I, I used to have a, to ma- I made sure that my alarms were always very like harsh, I guess it was like beep, 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 mm-hmm. beep, beep, you know, so, so that I would, I, I always have that fear when I would go to sleep that I'm going to oversleep. Right. Like it's, because I everybody's done it like they've done it when mostly when you're young, you're, you know, oversleep for school or you oversleep for work or whatever it might be. And you're just like, oh, my God. And you get that those panic moments because everybody's done it. So I, I made myself have harsh stuff. But I don't know now, like in the last year, I changed. I, I tried it one time where I just had like that slowly fade in. This is what made me think of you saying doing this slowly fade in mm-hmm, thing. Mm-hmm. And. I hear it when it's really like when it's really down, like it's barely coming in. And it, for some reason that just wakes me up. It's still kind of a harsh beep beep, but it's a fade in type stuff. Um, so yeah, I don't know, maybe when you get older, things work a little bit differently. And um, cause I could still oversleep if I didn't. Yeah, have I mean, I mean, that's definitely true. I was, I was actually talking about the, the harsh insistent, however you want to describe that. I was complaining about that to one of my coworkers the other day. Because I feel like um, I have an Apple Watch, and I feel like my phone is this way too, especially if somebody's calling me like on Slack or whatever. I feel like all of those notifications are more insistent than they need to be. Like yeah, yeah. The, the timer or the alarm on my watch could just like, it could buzz a little bit and then <laughs> wait. And maybe buzz or, again. Or at least like, have a setting where you can a, choose that, right? A couple seconds... Maybe maybe even a full second in between. But I feel like instead what I get is like... Bzz, 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 bzz. <laughs> it's like a, a small child poking you in the forehead. Like, hey, 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 hey. And I'm like, God, okay, I understand. The, the tea is done. I need to stop, stop, stop. Just stop. Uh, yeah, technology. Technology. Bah, humbug. Um, <laughs> all right, so sorry I went on so long for... Thunderstone Quest. Um, how about? Oh yeah, we were talking about. I, game. To, I, I will say, I, I, only last thing I want to say about games this week, and it's, I'll make this very short because I, I, it's kind of a PSA. I played a game at, at um, Gen Con called Talisman. This is another '80s game that has been reskinned over the years. It's always the same oh, game, but they okay. put new skins I've, on it, right? I've heard of that. Re- I didn't realize it was an old game. Yeah, I guess it's like from '80s type stuff. But um, okay, the, sure. when, when I played it, they've got a new one, a Kingdom Hearts one, and they have lots of different ones. They have Harry Potter skins on them, and very popular type stuff. Okay, uh, US, sure, sure, USAopoly sure. is a game that the company that makes it. Um, mm-hmm. And I was really excited to try a Kingdom Hearts one because, like, hey, it's Kingdom Hearts game. Talisman sucks. I mean, this is my PSA. Mm. Talisman. <laughs> I, I know people are going to be out there and like, screw you, buddy. Like, it's terrible. It's a terrible. It's a sorry game. Like, the game's sorry. Right. So you, the, mm-hmm. the, the, it's just like, there's three inner circles. The goal is to make it to the inner circle of the game. It's one of those ones where your movement is based on a D six. You roll like two D six or something. And that's, that's where you move on the board. 
And then whatever happens when you're in that square happens on that square. And that's the game. Like, and then if you can make it to the middle, you can win. But do you get hearts along the way? Do you get items? Do you, I don't know. Depends if you happen to roll a two on your turn, you know, Oh, you rolled a three and ran into the whirlpool of death and lose three life. Okay, sure. That's talisman. So it looked pretty. It was had all the cool components, which is not a whole lot of components. It looked just the right amount. It's got every like Donald Duck. And if you're playing Harry Potter, you've got, you know, Ginny Weasley and all these neat things. You're like, oh, this is so cool. And then when you play it, it's just terrible. So don't play Talisman, people. Don't even do it. Just that exp- that explains why uh, it's never come up with our group of friends. Like, yeah. our, you know, we we talk about the, you know, some of our friends at the at the core, Trotsky, and then we'll do a little bit of mean girling and uh we watched the movie mean girls a year or two ago so if you don't go back on our thing it's you know judging people or being exclusive maybe a little gatekeeper whatever like anyway we judge certain games we're like that's a bad that's not a very good game like munchkin is on that list flux is on that list Um, (laughs) you know trotsky looked over at the screen the other night and you guys were playing flux and he says what are they doing (laughs) (laughs) there were there were three of us and uh i think aaron was starting games and so on his recommend uh you know recommended games thing on board game arena it was like star flux and he was like this popped up on my thing i'll try it i think it's by the guys who made flux i don't really know and so we played it and he won and he was like yeah that's a bad game (laughs) um we they i don't know if i don't know if the flux games have recently been added to board game arena. We did one of the basic ones. I think I started it just as a joke. I'm like, ah, oh, we play all these games. Let's, let's, let's try flux. And you know, flux is, it's kind of a clever idea where you're like, um, you have cards that are, are things they call keepers. And there are cards called goals, right? So those are like quests and the quest or the goal might be, um, you know, midnight snack. And so you want to have the milk keeper card and the cookies keeper card. You want milk and cookies, and then you win. Okay. But but those cards all go in your hand, right? And so if you can play the goal of cookies and milk and also have the cookies and milk keeper cards out in front of you, you win immediately. Right? Okay. So, like... That already is a little bit like, uh, okay, I see what you're doing, but there's a lot of randomness here. So those are just two types of cards. The other kinds of cards are rules, right? So the game starts with two default rules, draw one and play one. But at any point, I could play a card that says draw four. So now you draw four and play one. And now you've got all kinds of cards in your hand all the time. Well, somebody else could play a card that says um, play three. Well, now everybody is drawing four cards and playing three cards every time. And then there are a variety of instant cards and like interrupt cards to say like, oh, here's a card that lets me steal somebody else's keeper. So if I've got milk out in front of me to go back to that example Mm -hmm. and i have the milk and cookies goal in my hand so nobody knows milk and cookies is my goal but i've got milk out in front of me and i've got an instant card that says you know steal a keeper from another player and i see that chris has cookies in front of him 
So I play that instant card. I steal Chris's cookies card and put it in front of me. Now I play the goal, milk and cookies. I have milk and cookies. I win. Game over. Wow. So it's very, like, it's a clever idea, but it's really random and pretty dumb. Yeah. I. And, it's it's and the random now thing. Now giving you the whole, like, get me. Yeah. Yeah, but but some, like, you know some so of those depending can depending on your yeah depending on your group of friends depending on what you like if you you know what you're doing really entertained yeah. by that and not like it's all about what your what your expectations and what your tolerances are because like we play a ton of can't stop and yeah. that game is just dice it's just rolling dice I think because there's nothing else to it there's no like Yahtzee kind of put stuff in boxes and pretend to have a little strategy. There's no like, um, Oh, I don't know, like dice forge kind of all this complicated mechanics. You just roll dice. And if you roll poorly, you lose and nobody cares because the person who wins, you're like, well, they had better rolls than me. It's just random. <laughs> well, you, you know, another thing about, about things like that, that we're kind of being what hypocritical ourselves when we make fun of some of these things is that, um, we rave about things like llama and that is extremely random. Like there, yeah, mm. sure. There's a few options there, but that's just a complete, and we love that. Right. I just like you said, it depends on who your group of friends are. Like, just like you said, it's, it depends on when you're playing it, how you're playing it. What's your seriousness level. So maybe flux is a fine game. If you're just like not caring and it's quick and easy and it's over in five minutes. You know what I mean? That's, Right, J- right just depends so you know we i don't know i i i rail at things like talisman but there, there's reasons for good um opinions on some things because you could even say that like there are some games that are short random games that are also not fun right like they're just mm-hmm. they're not even fun in very almost any kind of circumstance and talisman is one of those ones it's a very long two and three hour game that is never fun for two and three hours um so so that's not saying that two or three hour games are all terrible or all short games are terrible you know there there can be i guess i'm describing variances in games but anyway sure um yeah so flux you guys playing flux was kind of a a funny thing um so what have have you have you had a chance to watch anything this week anything good on on shows i know you had mentioned something called to me before uh the only murders in the building that's a movie right or was it a show no, that's a that's a series. Um, yeah, it is. So I've I've not seen all of it. I've seen the first three episodes. Is, is it a new um, new series? Like just came out or an old one? It's an it's a new series. So I'll give you the cast, and that okay. to me to me tells you a lot about the show. Um, <laughs> okay, has it got Jennifer Aniston in maybe, it or maybe, uh, Andy Samberg? Maybe, no. <laughs> uh, okay, okay. So <laughs> okay, uh, here we go. Uh, Beloved comedy duo, Steve Martin and Martin Short. Oh, I th- and and uh, Ariana Grande, right, or something like that. <laughs> Selena Gomez. Selena Gomez, S- same same person. It's the same person. Sa- same person, right? Guess. Except I, I right. think I think Ariana Grande is at least five years younger than uh, than Selena Gomez. But is, is, no, is um, she though? I, I'm gonna Google that. But sure, Steve Steve Martin and Martin Short are like late sixties, I think maybe even seventies, like they're getting up there in years, as we say. Um, Selena Gomez is about 30, 
maybe 29. And so she's playing, you know, a millennial, as you expect. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And they're playing... playing, Right. right, um, They're playing... Steve Martin is a former uh, um, actor, successful TV actor, but sort of role-locked in this sort of detective TV show, fictional TV show. And Martin Short is Mm -hmm. playing a theater producer, director, trying to get a show and is just constantly, constantly failing. And they all live in this building in New York. um, And there's a death in the building. Um, It's the police rule it a suicide, but they're sure that it's not. And they all, they have nothing in common except that they all live in the same building and they all listen to the same true crime podcast. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Right, which is the funny sort of thing. I've never listened to a true crime pro- podcast, but I know that it's a big genre. Um, I've watched oh, yeah. true, crime, true, true crime content. I've seen the first two seasons of Fargo, the first season of True Detective. Mm-hmm. Um, I know the Tiger King thing last year was a, a sort of version <laughs> yeah. of, a, of a true crime thing because they did this sort of docu drama and then everybody who watched it was certain that uh that carol baskin killed her husband even though the court ruled, <laughs> you know in her favor or whatever i don't everything i know about that is hearsay because i didn't watch the show but um that's this idea and so the three of them are going to investigate this this guy's death because they think maybe it was a murder and pretty early on you get um little hints little you know clues about shady things about each of them and so you're not really sure i think you're supposed to go oh hey is she not uh doing you know or is or is he what why is he doing this what's really going on here um anyway i've seen the first couple episodes and it it seems very good yeah i'd say that the, the the first two of steve martin and uh um the other guy why am i forgetting his name uh martin short martin short yeah martin's uh seems worth it all in general their their semi-recent netflix special last year was was pretty fantastic um oh i think i missed that oh yeah i was i mean it's just great those two are i guess real life like best friends and so they i believe it you know they just work have always worked well together and done a lot of shows together mm-hmm. and been there. Uh, they're such real life best friends that they are in, they were in each other's COVID pods. I'm sure everybody knows what that means. Um, nice. So they were, they, they were, you know, kind of like always had to be together type thing. Cause they were just, you know, friends. Um, so it, I think I saw part of a clip or a trailer or something of that thing, that show movie show, TV show. And, um, oh, I know what it was. It was a TikTok of all things. It was uh, mm. um, uh, Selena Gomez saying like, you know, our goofy good times or something. And then it was a behind the scenes of her hanging out with them. And I would thought, what the living heck would she be doing with these two people ever? <laughs> um, right. And then I, think... I looked it up real quick and it was like, oh, yeah, there's the show, I guess. So that was funny. Yeah, I think I read somewhere that it was originally like three elderly characters 
and they couldn't leave the building for whatever reason. I don't know if they were <laughs> supposed to be like varying level levels of, of physically infirm or maybe a one or more of them was agoraphobic. And they decided at some point as it got closer to to being made into a real TV show that it was um that it would be funnier, like there were more opportunities for for good humor if they had one of the characters be much younger. You know, so it's I think in the second or third episode there's a scene where um they're gonna the the two older guys are gonna contact her and they're like, Oh, I should call her and they're like, Or or should I text her? And Martin Short is like, <laughs> they 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 seem to really dislike calls for some reason. And so, <laughs> so he texts so her, a but lot he doesn't. That, that he, makes there's a there's not a lot of it, but there's a little bit. Like, you know, then he texts. So he's writing, he's trying to decide how to write the text like it's a letter. And he signs his name at the end. And she's like, you don't have to sign. I know it's from you. Like, <laughs> this is not a letter. Uh, that's funny. And so, but there's there's not a ton of that, right? Like, that's one. And I don't know, that might have been the first, like, overt age joke in the first three episodes. So it's not overdone. Yeah. I, you know, this is an example of how I have a hard time gauging ages. I, I will say that. <laughs> mm. I look at things like Steve Martin, and he has always seemed like he's been older since he was 20 to me. Like, he, he seems like he was an old sure, guy sure. forever. And then when I, when I see when I see him now, he doesn't seem to have changed at all much. I mean, varying degrees. Um, and then I see like I say, okay, you know, he's always been you know sixty. He's no big deal. Like you know, he's not always been sixty. And then right. I'll see Charlton Heston and like, oh, he's always been an old guy too. And then the next month I'll see him and he's a hundred and two in a wheelchair and like all curled up and like, what what happened in a matter of like two weeks? What what the heck? Or I see that right. they're putting a new movie out called Maverick and and Tom Cruise is doing stunts off of planes and and jumping off of rockets and you know his own self from rock climbing and they show it then there's a documentary on Amazon with Val Kilmer who is had throat cancer and looks like he's 800 years old and can barely talk and walk and you're like these guys were in the same movie at mm -hmm. the same time so they're the same age and I can't tell one looks like they're 90 and one looks like they're 30 you know, I, I just can't tell. Ages well, anymore. well, Tom Cruise has that Scientology magic. Oh, right. It's he, the aliens. Keeping, I forgot. Him age, age more slowly. The aliens are helping him age more slowly. I did. Dennis, I, I appreciate you telling me that. Now it comes, comes out all around. <laughs> I should have thought of the aliens, man. Well done. Yeah. I mean, I mean, some of that, that's the thing, you know, we talk about people do the side by sides with, um, um, uh, shoot the redhead uh, girl, Lindsay Lohan, and um, oh, sure. and Patrick Stewart, and they're like, oh, ten years Patrick Stewart, ten Patrick years Stewart, Lindsay Lohan. another well, one, yeah. The 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 ten years Patrick Stewart was like forty to fifty. Well, no, the Patrick Stewart one is the same photo, right? That's the joke. It's the same oh, photo, I see. and and hers is like is like eighteen to twenty eight. And also she had a drug problem and and all this kind of stuff. But you're like, even a sure. normal, healthy person changes in appearance a lot from 18 to 28. And your average, you know, man from 40 to 50 
probably doesn't change a lot, especially if it's a guy like Patrick Stewart who went bald when he was like 20. Right. Yeah. So, right. Like, yes, he's he's still aging, but you don't notice it as much because there's no drastic like he went bald or his hair went gray or whatever. And I think there's a similar thing happening there with uh, with Steve Martin, because he's always had like white, white hair. Um, hair. Yeah. And so you don't see him go gray or anything because he's he's always looked kind of the same. But obviously, if you watched this new series alongside you know the jerk or mm-hmm. um um three amigos or something from the 80s you, you'd you'd be able to tell the the difference i should i should watch that show you're watching and then go we should watch three amigos because those two are stars in it right with uh is it chevy chase right. is that the, the the other amigo i want to i want to say chevy chase yeah yeah so that that would be i don't interesting. i don't know that i've ever sat down and watched three amigos i don't think i have seen it all the way either i mean it was when i was a little kid it might even come out right, before right. i was you know babyish. uh what what uh what go ahead and plug this what what uh medium is this on is it on amazon is it on apple is it on there's so many to pick from these days it's on hulu that's right hulu okay man hulu is mm-hmm. just so weird i i'll go back when i exhausted my interest on these other things then i hit hulu and i'll watch the show on hulu and like it's a good show but then it's got commercials and i'm like i hate hulu i never go back right. to it for like six yeah. months um hulu yeah. if you're listening cut that out um well yeah, I, I think i think we're logged in on my brother's account which adds the no ads so ah, it's, no it's yeah i have i have the the low ad ones i'm not sure what, what that is in. right chill and i right. do the uh, another one I watched on subscription. Um, I won't spend too much time because I'd like you to watch it and get your impression on it. But I watched on the first episode of the Apple series TV series um, Foundation. It's an Isaac Asimov adapt- adaptation from his oh, book. Oh yeah, I I heard about that. I think some of our friends yeah. were talking about it. I didn't know anything about Isaac Asimov until Mythic Quest, and we watched that one episode where the old writer guy when oh. he was young met Isaac Asimov per the show. That's funny. Yeah, I didn't even know who he was. Uh, so the fact that he has this show, I'm like, oh, cool. He evidently was an old timey sci-fi writer. One of the yeah, one of the original sci-fi writers. I I heard of him and tried to read some of his stuff when I was a teenager, and I was super into um, Star Trek and um, a Douglas Adams Hitchhiker's Guide. Oh yeah, sure. Uh huh. Author, and I was like, oh, I must love sci-fi. Because <laughs> Star Trek is sci-fi and, and yeah. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is sci-fi. Asimov is so different from both of those. It's the yeah. like, um, you know, it, I, some of his work probably gets confused with uh, Philip K. Dick, who did um, Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep, right? So the original story that inspired Blade Runner and Asimov mm-hmm. wrote um, iRobot that that movie was based on this is, you know a lot oh, of he did. I didn't know classic that. Okay. sci-fi stuff you know kind of uh dystopian what if you know what is what is consciousness like can androids feel and stuff that's was very po- has become very popular in the last few years like these were some of the original authors who had those thoughts and were like what if this and and what if that but anyway this is is this that's, an anthology no it's a it's a series um Okay. It's, or at least I think so far it's a series. 
Um, okay. It's interesting um, because it's, <laughs> what's, what's interesting is that I, 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 I'm going to try and not say too much because I don't want to try to give off feelings because I know for me and, and sometimes you have that thing where if somebody, it sets up expectations falsely. You know what I mean? Like, so I don't want to do sure, that. Sure, sure. Uh, either way. Um, I like what you just said. That's what's interesting here is that, that you talking to me about some of the things he's made like, Oh yeah, that, that you're describing the feeling of this. Um, it's heady in the way that, um, I robot is heady type thing, right? Mm -hmm. You, you have to think. And the guy talks about the three laws and is, is life a thing. And so in this one episode that I watch, which just seems to be setting up the, the show, um, it, uh, I wonder now, now you got me confused. I, I got to look and see if it is an anthology or not. Cause obviously I've only seen one episode, so I don't know. Uh, it sets up this, uh, um, world or universe or whatever it might be. Um, and it's very, it's first off, it's very pretty, like movie full budget quality sci-fi type stuff. And okay. It's uh so you, you're watching it. And you're definitely watching like uh, Blade Runner 2042, whatever the 2040 last, the most recent Blade Runner was. 2049. Um, 2049. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's very much that kind of high quality kind of graphics, right? And, and CGI and stuff. Uh, good, really good costuming. Very fits into all the stuff, right? There's maybe one or maybe two actors that are not good. The rest of them seem to be pretty great. Um, so all that's, all that's good, you know, kind of nice thing to, to have. And the story gets to be, uh, where you're, you're contemplating what ifs. And, and I'll tell you this one, cause it's no spoiler. It's, it's probably in all, all of the things. And it's kind of the central part of the, the thing is that math, uh, one guy gets so smart that he, he, I'm going to say this in the most lamest terms ever. He knows maths so good that he can predict the future. Okay, like he has created a model that can take all things in this high tech, like technology that he has to take through math can have future math. I think they call it like psycho math or something where okay. he, you can he knows the future and it can't it can't get down to the specific things, specifics about a person, but it can get broad things like a planet will explode within 300 years, stuff like that big mm -hmm. events it can tell. And that's the setup for most of this, the, of this episode. And I think the series is that there is this person who has come out and he has said, yes, through science and math, I have created a model that can predict the future. And the, the thing that I am telling you is that we are going to enter into this huge, terrible, dark ages that's going to be the downfall of this galactic empire. Think federation, uh, mm -hmm. you know, and it's going to be the downfall of all this thing that we have now. And we are going to live in terror and horribleness. Now, if we do my way, we can cut that down to maybe a thousand years. Otherwise it's going to be like a hundred thousand years, uh, but it is inevitable and it's going to happen, which makes all of the other side of this, like the, the, um, the Federation freak out because they're in charge now. And how dare you say that? Especially because this Federation or what it's called the empire has an emperor, a King, right? Someone in power type stuff. Um, okay. 
So, so that's, that's the setup of, of this whole thing. And, it, and, and I, there's a lot of nuances. There's a lot more subtleties to this whole, that whole thing I said, I've not said a whole bunch more to it, but that's kind of the start of the premise of where this is starting. Um, and what happens and how that affects things and the interplay between people is very Asimov-y so far. Like just the way you've described okay. him, you know, where, Hmm, what, it, what would this person make with this knowledge? And what would this person do? And is a person lying or are they manipulating or are they just normal? Are they good? Are they, there's a lot of that. And I'm, and I was intrigued. I would just say that when I was enough to, to watch this first episode and say, I'm intrigued and I don't know. And I want to talk to Dennis about it and see what he thinks. And maybe he can give me thoughts. So you don't <laughs> have done that yet. So I now have to wait till next week. Uh, yeah, so I'll watch it. If, if it's an anthology, uh, I don't know. I guess it could be because I'm, you know me, I'm not a fan of anthologies, really. Um, like Black Mirror. What is Black Mirror's premise? It's it's that it's sad and terrible and you feel horrible. Every I don't know what, like what makes a thing an anthology? Just that it's different every week? Isn't that just like Netflix? Yeah, like like what if is an anthology. It just or or Twilight Zone. It just means that the each episode stands alone. Like it probably has new characters, uh maybe a new setting. It depends on how it's um how so, it's so constructed. But it just means the, what is that? It just means I, there's no Can I just take like six random episodes from six random sitcoms throughout time, put them together and call that an anthology? Um, maybe, maybe, maybe not. I think, I think to be truly an anthology, there should be some kind of thematic connection. Like, okay. You know, maybe they're all made by the same people or have a similar kind of like Black Mirror. I don't know. The, the, the way I describe Black Mirror is like, I watched it on my iPad. So when the episodes ended and the screen went black, I could see my reflection in the, the in this, you know, metaphor. Yeah, um, sure. <laughs> but the the theme of Black wow, Mirror seems that's to be something. that's deep. <laughs> that right, and I I assume that that's why they called it that. I don't really know if that's true, but I, I assume <laughs> that that's was the case. deep, and um, I didn't realize that. The, that's, the so. theme the theme of Black Mirror seems to be that um, technology is awful and people are too most of the time. And I, th I think oh, okay. maybe it got a little lighter as the show went on, because when I watched an episode in a later season, it was not quite as hopeless as the episodes you and I watched uh, uh, yeah. for the podcast here. But um, so so maybe this yeah, is like I, if it's an anthology, it would be all sci fi. I guess I'm just trying to think of what a, what a, a, an, an Isaac Asimov anthology would be. I guess it would just be sci fi themed stuff. Yeah, it would probably be like different stories. Like, um, there was a series. There were two series actually. I meant to watch both of them, and I think I only watched the first episode. Actually, three. If I talk about talk about anthologies in general, uh, the new Twilight Zone, right, okay. is an anthology, um, just like the original was. It's each each episode is a separate sort of thing, and it's similar similar to the what if. Uh, thing the the twilight zone setting is like 
here's a story and it seems normal, but something is something is off, something's weird. And we're not gonna we're not gonna spend a lot of time explaining that. You're just gonna you're gonna see it and you're gonna, you know, experiences it experience it as it goes. Um there was also a series called Castle Rock. Um yeah, okay. with episodes based on um Actually, you know, if I'm I'm not sure if that was an anthology. I think I okay. only saw the first episode and couldn't tell you anything about it. But I, I feel like it was an anthology. Um, but it's based on Stephen King stuff, like maybe his short stories or something. Um, maybe characters from maybe they're characters from various of his short stories and they're in a connected like town or something. I don't remember. Yeah. Um and a series called Electric Dreams, I think, uh, based on Philip K. Dick short stories. Okay. Uh, similar, similar anthology thing. There's one of those that I saw the first episode of, and I think it was Electric Dreams, and I think one of the one of the Stark boys from Game of Thrones was in it. Not, not. Jon Snow, the other one. Not, not anyway. John. I only know Jon Snow. <laughs> it's all anybody. The other brother, Rob. Oh, right, right. He, he was, you know, I remember him for years ago. But, and isn't that show coming up on 10 years, like something like that? It's, it's so long. Oh, so yeah, old. probably. Should, we should watch it all over again and then just stop at season six. That, that what we can do? <laughs> <laughs> something like that. Right. Uh, okay, yeah, we're, we're, All right, we should man. watch well, fan, fan Foundation and, and tell me what you think. Foundation, yeah. All right, man. Well, we you could tell when we have no like planned topic because we'll just ramble on <laughs> the whole the whole runtime. We, um, we are good at that. We are good at that. We we had a movie that we were supposed to watch, and I um, I failed to so watch we'll, it this week. We will you you, you failed to watch it. I watched it though. I've seen it before, so I can always I can talk about it any time. I'm eager to hear your reactions because I watched it with my sisters and they uh, fixated on things that were not as uh, uh, well I don't want to go into details because yeah, yeah. I don't want to I don't want to mess with your expectations yeah I want to go um, I want to go into this one blank I don't know anything about this one and I'm, I'm not even looking at like a, a Google search of what it is I'm just I want to watch it so yeah so just, you, you may end up getting like random night texts on me like as I watch 10 minutes and then 10 minutes more, you know how I do that. Like, what is this stupid thing I'm yeah, watching? I yeah. can't believe it's got samurais in it. And then like three minutes over, it's like, or three hours later, I'm like, wait, that guy was so cool. when he did that thing. <laughs> <laughs> this is, this is a musical. It's in French. So. Uh, All right. You did set me up for that terribleness. I forgot. <laughs> with it's, it's with subtitles and there's no talking. It's singing, singing all the time. That's and an opera. That's an opera then. Yeah, it's it's like an opera. Yeah, uh, it's got three acts. Okay. Um, and you, so you, sure, you you sure know how to reset my expectations, Dennis. You, you, it's true. It's true. <laughs> uh, do you do you want? To, I know we're recording late in the week, but do you want to pick um, your movie and we can do a double feature next week? Uh, let, let's just let's just wait. Let's just do yours because I want to make sure that I get okay. I get time in that. And we're actually we're going to do that's, probably foundation movie, and I might watch a couple movies like in the theater theater this week. So that's that's fine. And I'm going to have a I'm going to have a pretty busy weekend. We're still packing and and things here, and I lost yeah. a good chunk of my week with stupid illness. So. The, the real question is for that, and I know we're out of time here, but like, 
burning ears are wanting to know when are the dogs moving down? I don't, I don't know yet. I think they are dad bought a building that was supposed to be a temporary, temporary kennel, but then, you know, thought that he could get contractors lined up earlier than he thought. And then now maybe that's not happened. I, I haven't heard in a couple of months, maybe weeks, what the what the specific plan is for that but the 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 short answer is once there is uh, a facility kennel facility for them down there then they'll then they'll move the dogs it'll be it'll be before all the humans go but i think someone will have to go down there obviously they can't be down there by themselves yeah i I, i had seen that uh the it's it's the official uh rogers homestead is is on the market and so if, if, if you, any fans of the show want a piece of the front porch history, you can put a huge bid on the, the Rogers homestead and buy it for multiple millions of dollars and, you know, have it's, history. Yeah, it's, it's valuable land. It's not multiple millions of dollars. <laughs> I, Dennis, you have to tell them multiple millions. That's how this works, man. Gotta I mean, it is, a, it is a silent bid auction. There, so, you, there you, you go. Know, there you go. Like I said, it's a part of front porch history so they can say i live there where dennis lived and recorded the front porch very first episode it's true it's so, true history this will be those things in the future you know when you have plaques put up things mm-hmm. this is where this was recorded mm-hmm. yeah so there's a chance people go, like, go buy it for lots of money just like in bloomington there's a plaque for uh uh captain janeway there is and that is not a made-up where thing. she where she where she's gonna be born Yep, right there. It's or conceived. I'm not sure that yet. It's not really clear, but I it's at a spot on our trail. Conceived. All right, All man. Right. I think we did it. You. Yep. Yep. You've been listening to the front porch. This is episode 213. Thanks as always to our friends at Geeks Comics Movie News and LRM Online. Uh, if you have suggestions for us for of movies or shows or anything that we should watch and discuss. You can send those to us via email that addresses frontporchpod at gmail.com or go to our website, frontporchpodcast.com, and use the contact forms there to do that. Uh, if you enjoy the show, please consider subscribing on the podcatcher of your choice. And while you're there, if you leave us a positive review, we always appreciate that. As always, thanks so much for joining us. Until next time, I'm Dennis. And I'm Michael. For the Front Porch. Night, everybody. See you next time.